Well, this is a first, isn't it? It sure is. Casey, I'm sitting here looking at you in the flesh. Wild, wild, never, wild. Never before has this been done. No. But, okay, do you want to explain the circumstances today? We're, well, it's quite simple, really. We're both in town. <laughs> and we're in our parents' basement recording our first ever live in-person cinema snorkel. Live. Hot happening takes. Happening right now. Hot takes and hot cakes, because we just saw <laughs> Sp Spider-Man into the Sp Spider-Verse part one? How about we get question? the title right? In Across the Spider-Verse. Across the Spider-Verse. Miles. Being Spider-Man is a sacrifice. You have a choice between saving one person and saving every world. So we were thinking there's not even a complete movie here. So why don't we just record our thoughts? We'll toss them out into the into the metaverse and see if you guys, you know. The metaverse? Are we in the metaverse? Well, we're not in the Spider-Verse. I know, but do we have a channel that's on Facebook's metaverse? There's only one way to know. Create Actually, one? <laughs> create one? <laughs> create a channel? And put, is that what you meant when you said that? I don't know what I meant. Okay, what'd you think, Casey? Carlin, Tell me your thoughts. we're so fresh from the theater that these thoughts are absolutely going to be half-baked. <laughs> there's no way around it. Hey, no These are half-baked thoughts. No yeah. disclaimers. But it kind of reveals the process because um, sometimes people are like, like, how do you crack open a movie, you know, and just extract yeah. that meaningful goodness? And I say, first of all, we don't always do it, but we try not to do that. We just try to watch the movie first, let it wash over you, let it breathe yeah, like yeah. a fine wine. Let it breathe. But then we're just going to ask questions, I guess, and hope it turns into a good episode. Okay, here's a question for you. Um, what do you think the filmmakers <laughs> are trying to say? Okay, let's just start, let's just start with what did you like? What did you like about okay. the film? Well, I mean, the art direction and the design and the and the animation Gorgeous. is just bonkers. It's just I I don't even Gorgeous. have words to describe it. I I will say I feel a little overwhelmed right now. Like there's so much happening in this movie that I don't even know how, where to start processing it. It's like in a day or two I might come back and start going like yeah. start pulling out particulars. But right now I feel like I just got out of a kaleidoscope, you know? No, I totally know the feeling. I actually think, speaking of process for like how you think about movies, I usually find that if I give it a day or two and it marinates, the thoughts are better. Yeah, so why are we even doing this? I don't know, half-baked idea <laughs> with some half-baked cinema thoughts. Okay, so we spent a lot more time on Gwen in this iteration of the film, am I right? You're so right. We open with her backstory, kind of. We see this relationship with her dad. She basically has to choose. So her dad catches her and she has to reveal that she is Spider-Woman. And there's a look in his eyes that tells her he doesn't accept me. Uh, he thinks I'm a murderer. And mm -hmm. so she abandons him a little bit. We didn't get so she much. Like, it's like she staves off the problem. She jumps in that portal yeah. to like run away from the problem and try to make the problem not happen. She makes an assumption and then runs away. Although he is like ready to arrest her. He starts reading her her Miranda rights. That's true. And that's when she jumps in the portal. So it's a, a pretty fair assumption. A fair assumption. This movie was so filled with teenage angst, and it's very actually <laughs> relatable on that on that uh, level. Your teenage angst. Yeah, I've not gotten over it. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm still there. You know, yeah. I'm still like a teen, baby. You know, I was like, what's going on? I'm just angsty. Um, it make it drives the characters, and I like it. I yeah. I don't I don't like like. 
obviously I don't love all the like miscommunication and moodiness and it's hard fight. to watch sometimes. Yeah, but it, I think it's relatable, and they do it with an endearing undertone that is not, by the way, in my opinion, we're still on the aesthetics, right? This is about what we like and dislike. Sure. I like that they ground it in that the kid isn't always right. Yeah, okay, okay. As opposed to like 80s coming-of-age movies or 90s coming-of-age movies where it's a misunderstood kid and the parents, they have a little bit of wisdom, but mostly they just don't get it. Right. Uh, I feel like more movies now do that. And the kid's like morally superior to the parents who are just kind of backwards and afraid of just what they don't understand. And where do you see that? Because there's a lot that the parents don't know about. Like, they don't know about um, Miles being Spider-Man. Yeah. And they ground him, and ground him, he hasn't technically done anything wrong. Like, he's been going around saving the day, he's caught in a tight spot. I guess here's what I mean. The parents, knowing what they know, are doing a good job. They're not backwards. They they don't need to learn the primary moral lessons here. Mm. The kids do. Because they're kids. Mm-hmm. So the parents misunderstand them. And I, I find that appropriate because that's just how it goes. Yeah. Uh, but they're still, it's, yeah, they're just portrayed as, as good parents. There's family values undergirding this. Yeah. As opposed to, I just hate it. Sometimes, Carlin, in the water right now, there's something so subversive. Like, like parents actually don't know what's best. You express what's inside of you no matter what. Yeah. And it's a balance. It's a balance because parents can misunderstand kids. Yeah. But also kids uh, can be bratty cakes and, the, and parents. <laughs> bratty parents cakes don't, indeed. <laughs> thank you. Parents don't always need to, like, it's not always the parents' fault. I don't know. Is that so crazy to say? Not crazy. And uh, Miles even says it kind of towards the end of the movie when he thinks he's talking to his mom and he realizes uh, her words to him ring true and kind of bring him back. And he's like, it's not just me. It's you and dad and it's all of us together that uh, I forget exactly what he says. Hmm. But basically his whole identity isn't separate from his family. He's That's, a part of his family. He's a part of his family. Yeah. And his parents are good role models. I love it. Yeah. And Gwen's dad, despite his struggles, he's a good dad. Yeah, he right? wants to do what's right. But Gwen's primary struggle is what? She uh, she feels this pain of this separation with her dad. She runs to find the Spider-Verse. Miguel, the, what's his spider name? I don't know. He's Miguel the bad guy. The oh, vamp- sorry. Oops, did I slip up? <laughs> I mean the good guy. <laughs> He's like a vampire, ginormous yeah. Spider-Man. Great character, by the way. Love it. But he, they are wrong. <laughs> well, I'm not convinced. Miles says we're supposed to be the good guys. But if Miguel is right and stopping a, what's it called? When they, a canon event if yeah. Miguel is right and stopping a canon event really does destroy an entire right. universe, then they are the good guys. And right. it's a tough decision, but sometimes you have to make personal sacrifices in right. order to protect all of the world. Right. That's a very Spider-Man theme. Can you or, do Or both? Marvel. That's a very Marvel theme. The question that it boils down to in my mind is, can he save, can he do both? Yeah. Or is there something else at play? Like, they kind of cast some doubt on Miguel's character. Maybe... He's not everything he says he is. Maybe he's got ulterior motives yeah. more than what he's claimed. Right. And he's spinning a different web, dare I say. Oh! Um, but if we just take him at face value, then I'm not so sure that Miles running around and risking everybody's, his entire universe's life to pr- see if he can save his dad is really such yeah. a good thing to do. It's impossible to know at this stage because this is a part one-er. 
Yeah, they did, surprise. They did us dirty. They did a part one and a part two, which is why they were getting a half-baked podcast from us. Half-baked, We'll show sir. them. Yeah, so there's that. <laughs> Marvel, Marvel loves to wrestle with that inevitability and destiny yeah. versus freedom and agency question. Yeah. And I don't think they resolve it. I think it forms a compelling question that everyone has wondered at some point. Yeah. But I think the circumstances change it. Like, Peter Quill... Like, we just talked about this on Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. right? Volume 3. Peter Quill's immaturity is that he punches Thanos in the face because he's like, where's Gamora? And he's being a child, yep. right? And yep. they almost have it. But Peter Quill can't accept that sacrifices have been made. People have laid down their lives to get here. He's yeah. being selfish, yeah. right? So on one hand, we actually get, dude, you have to let it happen sometimes. There's no other way. Doctor Strange is right. There's only one way. And, and this is it. You have to let it go. Lots of people have made that sacrifice, and you're the only one that's not not to diminish the sacrifice. Right. No one's doing that, but they're saying we all have made that. You can't be selfish. Mm-hmm. But no, but on the other side, Carlin, uh, and I'm sure if we combed through the Marvel movies, we could find other things about like I just don't accept that thesis, right? Mm-hmm. And it feels like where they're landing with part one of this is that uh, initially Gwen is on the side of Miguel and everyone trying to like, okay, we're the strike force, we're containing the chaos. Mm-hmm. But then she, something about her changes and she realizes we actually, we're condemning people who might not need to die, oh, right? Oh, sure. Because- It's the old minority report question. Yes. If, if you think you know the future, is the future truly set in stone? Yes. And is it okay to condemn someone based on the future? On what you think the future is. Yeah, even if you have all this proof or it's like a supernatural right. ability to see the future. But right. maybe maybe fate isn't the only thing that exists. Maybe free will exists. And if that's the case, then everybody deserves a chance. Right. Otherwise, you're behaving like a totalitarian dictator. And we often see the villains uh, end up being those who are trying to play God in that situation. Often, very well, often. Thanos being the perfect Marvel Example yep. in that he was literally playing God by killing people to prevent uh, the rest of the world from starving because f- of overpopulation. Right. Right? Taking people's choice away. Clearly a villain. The ends, and I think the landing point is the ends don't justify the means. Yep. Within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The ends don't justify the means because how does that connect to uh, the, well, f- the fate versus free will If question? you can save the multiverse by killing a ton of people, is it right to do? Heck no. Right. There's a difference you between- You can save some lives right. by, by sacrifice. You can save mo- more lives by sacrificing some lives. Right. But it's kind of wrong for you to play God like that. Like, that, like if you're it, the yeah. one doing it- It's wrong if the future can be, if the future can change. For instance, we just saw this in the other Spider-Man multiversal movie. Yeah. Uh, Spider-Man Homeward Bound. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. This is bad. We're doing a movie it's podcast. It's not We're our fault. It's so confusing. Um, Spider-Man but, No Way Home? But Yeah. Spider-Man uh, realizes that his villains that he just so quickly yes. threw, you know, condemned to die, realizes that they actually were just in hard circumstances and if they were given another chance, they might actually be able to reform. Right, they might. And they should be given that chance, right? Right. Isn't that the Christian thing to say? Well, forget the Christian thing for a second. I think that's definitely what the Spider-Man movies want to conclude on. Yeah. I think they're right, you know? Yeah. With caveats. We could talk about it. (laughs) 
not everyone's, my caveat is this, I'll just say it. Not everyone's misunderstood. Some people are bad. They're good they, yeah. and, they, and they are turned inward on selfishness and they're not going to change. Yeah. But I actually think the uh, Spider-Man No Way Home series took those nuances into consideration. I know that's a hot take. Some people felt like they didn't. Really? But whatever, we'll do a podcast we on that. We still haven't done later. that. That was years ago. I know. Well, I will say this, and this maybe is a good way to just do a little snippet of a Christian theme before we call this little preview uh end no well i'm shaking my head at you you are shaking your head because carlin this let me is the difference of recording in person <laughs> are we gonna cut this who knows <laughs> who knows all right no, carlin. just say my thought okay say your, say. Thought. say your thought if god exists then he's the final judge on everyone's mm. entire life every decision they've made every attitude of their heart mm. and he's a fair judge and if he is sovereign then we do not have the responsibility like we've quoted this before, vengeance does not belong to fellow creatures. It belongs to the ultimate judge. Mm. So if God is God, then it's not our place to take people's choice away. Yeah. We should enforce justice. Right. We should stop them if they're doing wrong and right. harming other people. Um, but we should give them as many chances as we can because it's not, we don't get to decide when their story's over. Yeah. But if there is a God, then he does know and he's fair and he can judge each person Absolutely. justly. Absolutely. Preach it. That was a great thought. I'm sorry. I tried to. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. You should be. <laughs> um, <laughs> so what I was going to say though, Carlin, is that theme is so large that I think the MCU continues to wrestle with it in different iterations and I could be wrong on this. I feel like they land on different sides depending on where they land, like as far as they're concerned. Yeah. But to me, this movie anchors that bigger question in a more immediate question of human relationships. Okay, say more. Well, Gwen's story arc, as we were starting to talk about it, reminds me. Right now, she's pushing everyone away. Mm-hmm. She had a friend once, Peter Parker. Yeah. It ended poorly. So now she doesn't do friends except Miles Morales. Yeah. And here she comes in this same conundrum. Should I be friends? Should I let Miles into my life, right? And yeah. and and not just Miles, but like Peter B. Parker and and the other Spider-Man people that she's with. Mm-hmm. Um, and she feels that tension because it feels like whenever she uh, chooses to love and care about people, something goes wrong. Classic Spider-Man conundrum. Totally. But those two themes of destiny and caring for people seem woven together and mm. contingent on each other. Do you think mm. that's true? I mean... I had would never have thought of that myself, but say more about it. Well, it seems like when she watches Miles do the right thing, because yeah. he doesn't quote unquote know any better, and he saves right. the guy, okay. she's reminded of like, this is what we're here to do. You're talking about the conversation where he goes, I thought you were saving me. And she's like, well, I was, but I yes. also was trying to stop the, you were going to stop the canon event yeah. from happening, and I was trying to stop she that says, too. She says, I was trying to do both. Interesting. You can't do both if you're Spider-Man. Haven't we haven't we heard that line a lot? Mm. There's like a wrestling of trying to do both. So it feels like they're trying to say you can't do everything. You can't do both. People keep saying that. But maybe the pendulum swung so far, and this is where they've 
actually gone wrong is they're like, you can't save everybody. So they're accepting yeah. sacrifices that they shouldn't. And Miles, like a bolt of lightning, yep. with a strong moral code, he's not just gonna let his dad die. He's not gonna let Officer Singh die yeah. in yeah. the super awesome Mumbai-Manhattan uh, <laughs> combo. Yeah, oh my gosh, so that cool. I wanna live in that city. That looks awesome. Yeah. Uh, but whatever, he saves that police officer. Yeah. And so he's like not willing, he's gonna do the right thing. Yes. Whereas the others have gotten so callous that they're off the tracks. And it's that kind of relationship and it's tied in for Gwen with letting Miles back into her life. So when she and her uh, British punk guy, yeah. what's his name? Oh, uh, yeah, no. Hoagie. 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 Oh, <laughs> uh, he's so cockney. So he's like, anarchy, baby, which is convenient. Whatever. I didn't like him, but whatever. It's convenient that he's into anarchy because he gives her that thing. Yeah, Bracelet. Right. So then she can actually choose. I'm going to care about people. Yeah. Okay, it's all coming to me okay. as I'm saying this. Okay. Because Miguel cared about people once. Oh, I tried yeah. to have my cake and eat it too. I had a, his daughter and his yeah. whatever, his girlfriend or... Right. His Uncle Ben, whoever he right. lost. Hello, clearly a little girl who he was yeah. the dad figure to. Mm -hmm. He's like, I cared about people once and it went poorly. So now I've cut off the caring part. He's like the ultimate at doing that. And yeah. Gwen's headed down that road, but instead, now I think she says... I'm going to actually choose relationship. And that's where uh, MJ says this to Peter B. Parker with their little baby. Okay. Uh, there's no playbook for raising someone like our little yeah. spider baby daughter. Yeah. Right? You just have to make the right adjustments at halftime. Sports reference. Sports <laughs> reference. That was hilarious. Uh, yeah. But so, say, what do you? What does that so mean? So I think here we are at halftime in the second two movies. Lol, 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 And everyone's making adjustments at halftime because they're realizing, yeah. you know what? We were we were wrong to try to just or to just be calloused and discard relationships yeah. and push people away. Interesting. And now we need to choose. We might not know the answer to the huge destiny questions. Yeah. But if there's enough cracks in the inevitability, then shouldn't we be choosing people and choosing wow. to do the right thing? Wow. One more thing, Carlin. Wow. I'm on a roll. Keep it coming. Here's the thing. Miles is doing the same thing. Uh-huh. Because Okay, that was a little. <laughs> <laughs> is that a tear? Did, did I dial it up to 11? A glimmer of a let's, tear in your let's eye? Let's dial it back down to uh, 7 or 8. Here's the deal. <laughs> Miles is doing the same thing with his parents. He's like, push, pull, oh, push him yeah, away. Yeah. Let yeah. him in. Tell him. No, don't. I'm, I can't. They'll say nothing they at all. They won't understand. Yeah. And then at the end, he confesses to the mom he thinks is his universe's mom. Oh. He does it. He yeah, actually chooses. He, does. he makes the adjustment. He Which chooses. is to say... I'm I'm choosing relationship with yes. you. I'm to, I'm gonna have both. I'm gonna try. Well, well, I don't know if I don't know if it actually equates to trying to have both as much as what it really is is just letting people into his life and into his heart. Okay. Because we might yeah. not know if you can choose both or whatever. I feel like that's confusing on purpose because it's one of the irreconcilable differences of human life and philosophy. Mm. Are we more free will or are we more deterministic? Even Christians are going to do war on that question, yeah. right? But this theme kept kind of popping up every once in a while. Uh, he goes, I, I know I'm right about this. I just have a feeling, right? Um, he says that. Or no, Gwen says it. And then the cool lady. The, says, trust the, your head, not your heart, not yeah, your instinct. She just dismisses it out of hand. Yeah. But there is another theme in Spider-Man. Maybe I'm reading too much into this, but there's a trust your gut theme. Totally. Oh, totally. You've Especially got the spidey tingle. Yeah, right. Yeah. 
No, and I think they, they're like ramming that one home. Like we yeah. might not know in the ambiguity of whether our destiny is X, Y, or Z, but what we do know is you should choose people and let them into your heart. Yeah. And that will be cool. your guide to doing the right thing. Cool. Not completely wrong. Not wrong. No, no. There's a lot right about it. So at halftime, we're left dangling with, well, what will the consequences of all those actions be? Right. Right. It seems like they've all made their like defining choices, but now what's going to happen? Any predictions for what's going to happen? I don't know because they could kill off any anyone. Yeah. They could kill Peter B. Parker. They could kill his Mary Jane. They could kill Gwen. They could qu- kill Gwen's super-based right-wing cop dad. Ask me what I think. What do you think, Carlin? Predictions. I think, I think Miguel has got another thing. What? I think he's got... Uh, what are you talking well, about? Well, he was injecting himself with spider something or another. Do you think? I don't think he is a spider. <gasps> I said it. No! Yep. Oh, my gosh! He's a, also, he's a vampire. When are vampires good? Twilight? Uh, you heard? Okay. Well. Haven't you even seen Twilight? <laughs> don't you even respect tell Edward? Me, <laughs> tell me more in case you want to. Uh, no, it's, it's like, I haven't seen it. I don't care. So, Clearly whatever. Not. It's just what I've heard. It's just what I've heard is that he's good. Um, so, Carlin... Yeah. What does Christianity say about some of these themes? And we're not going to tackle all of them. This is uh, an iPhone basement, mom and dad's basement recording. <laughs> this is a half-baked podcast. No, this is we the definitive word. This is the definitive word. Resolving questions. Can I just break down what I think? Yeah, yeah. So we have that question of destiny. Uh-huh. Is, it, is our destiny inevitable or can we break out of it? Right. Then you have that question of push people out or allow yourself to feel and be in relationship because you might, you might get hurt. Yeah, okay. You nail, nail up your coffin in your heart. And then you have that trust your instinct, go with your gut, Spider-Man, Miles Morales theme that seems yeah. to crop up. Yeah. Just as a refresher. But a pick refresher. any of those, pick none of them. What do you think of Christian Well, worldview? I mean, we kind of said this earlier, but with as far as the destiny versus uh, free will argument, there's kind of two schools of thought on that. Right, right. Um, and I don't certainly know how to reconcile both of them. I can see strong scriptural evidence just looking at scripture on both sides. Yeah. But what I do know is that whether or not uh, there is such a thing as free will, we are meant to treat it as if there is. Yes. And Christians are meant to behave as if our actions mm. have consequences and mm. our thoughts have consequences and our attitudes have consequences. Mm. And we're not off the hook for those things. Yeah. And by the same token, which is what you're saying earlier, God is sovereign. He's ultimately in control mm-hmm. of the universe. No Christian can disbelieve in God's sovereignty. Yeah. The question is, what does that mean? Has God ordained every little thing or does he allow us some agency in the equation? Regardless, I think what you said earlier matters or is true because I think because God is at the helm, we do not have to let the ends justify the means and play God and violate ethics to try to achieve a quote unquote good outcome. We're called to be responsible for ourselves and that's it. The buck stops with us. And we leave the fate of other human beings mm-hmm. to God. Mm-hmm. That's actually a very measuring, balancing principle hmm. that points you to true north more often than not. Um, what about the other themes you mentioned? Yeah, I mean, should you push people away? Or <laughs> 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 I think Christianity tells you, stiff arm the people, don't care about anything. Uh, okay, but for real though, there are a lot of philosophies that would uh, advocate for something like that. Stoicism. Yeah. Being one, I know certain branches of Eastern thought, mm-hmm. sort of detachment, and I know a lot of people who have dabbled in that would probably come at me and disagree. But I, I would say the core of uh, like Eastern thought, such as Buddhism, mm-hmm. is to say you're detaching, right? Just like the Jedi. The root of suffering is desire, and so you need to release the desire, including 
the desire for one's loved ones and family, you know, to to uh, be preeminent over other desires. Like you're ranking things in the wrong way. And what you should do is, right, detach from those desires so that yeah. you can be dispassionate and you can see clearly to do the right thing. And maybe even more prevalent today is this kind of attitude. And I've heard it described as Satanism. I don't know enough about it to to say what that actually means. But the understanding I've gotten just from talking to friends and such is like, I'm really only looking out for number one. Like I, I'm not going to get my panties in a wad worrying about everybody else. They're not my responsibility. I'm just going to look out for number one. And there's something about that that is appealing hmm. and refreshing, um, especially in a world where a lot of us are either unmarried or don't mm. have a good relationship with our families. We live alone. Our primary relationships are with friends. Um, I think there's something appealing about that to just say, um, it's just me and I'm looking mm. out for myself. I, and, and that message is kind of softened to this like self-help kind of uh, self-care, self-love message. But I think p- one dangerous piece of that is that you end up cutting off the responsibility you have to the people around you that are Mm. in your life. And as human beings, we shouldn't do that. We shouldn't cut ourselves off entirely Mm. from the people around us that need us and we need them. And, and yeah. And why you used an interesting word. Shouldn't we? Yeah. Cause it's not just what's in your best interest. Yeah. It's what should you do? And says who, who says what you should or shouldn't do? Right. Well, (laughs) God. God. I mean, at the end of the day, and, <laughs> yeah. and I know this is like, this is where a lot of people who like wouldn't consider themselves Christians, we'd go to bat on this one or, or we just disagree. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, and I've had many actually like super amicable, but like, like real disagreements over like, can we be good without God? Well, My answer yeah. is that if you're not a Christian, can you be an upstanding moral person compared to, to your other people? Absolutely. Yeah. There are a lot of non-Christians who put people in church to absolute shame, right? Oh, yeah. The, but that's not the question. The question is, what's your foundation for morality? Yeah. And the reality is there's only a should if there's someone who says you should or shouldn't. There's, there's only a, a should logger. if there's a design right. for the way the world is meant to be. If there's a right. meant to be. Right. Then there's a way to not to not fulfill that. Right. Yeah. But if the world just is, then there's then there no, no should meant or shouldn't. to be. Yeah. There is no try. There is <laughs> only do. do. I'm not sure how that relates, but it, thanks it, for it saying always it. does. Thanks for saying it. Wisdom, wisdom for the ages. You know, real Satanism, Carlin, and it, it, you're right. It is making a comeback. Satanism is choosing uh, to like disrupt the system, almost for disrupting the system's sake. Mm. A lot of people are confused about that. Satan's kind of become an icon recently. The anti-Christian icon. He's on Target clothing. You know, <laughs> like, why not grab some Satan merch at your local Target? I think there's there's an appeal there, like, like just stick it to the man, you know, just like, like tr- and that, that's where I'm going with this, your trust the instinct theme. Trust your instinct at all costs. Like, blow up whatever you need to blow up right. if it means trusting your instinct. Ah! Guess who trusted his instinct? Adolf Hitler. (laughs) Yeah. I love the quotes with uh, like Kim Jong-un and it's like, always follow your heart. You know, Kim Jong-un. It's like the motivational poster and he's like leading a military parade or something. Oh, that's rough. Anyway. That's true and rough. So there's truth to disrupting the system if the system is corrupt and bad and wrong. Yeah. And that's where if your instincts are pointed at truth and goodness, you should listen to them. 
But I would say the Christian gives a very strong caveat that our instincts frequently aren't pointed at truth. And we need the humility to say there's something bigger than me that I ground that I need to listen to and, and try to ground and correct my instincts towards the good and loving God. Mm, well said. Christianity is not about head over heart. It's about, main, it's about orienting your heart towards love and compassion for other people. And this movie totally is not operating on that <laughs> specific of a level. But all, mo- but all movies that matter are operating on the levels of morality. Yeah. And that's just the truth of morality. So that's how, if you want to answer that question, should you trust your instincts? It's like uh, if they're pointing at goodness and truth. Yeah, it's good. Is Boom. All, is that all three? Nailed it. All three points. Well, high five. That Audible real, high five. That was a real high five, Woo. ladies and gentlemen. That this happened is in real, real time. This is raw. This is as raw as it gets. Unedited. Maybe they heard the dogs barking. I don't know in the background. (laughs) We can edit those out. Yeah, uh, I don't think we can. (laughs) Hey, folks. Thanks for joining us for this super spontaneous out-of-pocket cinema snorkel. And wish Casey a happy birthday. It's his birthday today. Shucks. Probably not when you're listening to this, but it is right now. The birthday gift I would like is a like and subscribe! (laughs)